Greetings, citizen detectives, antler queens, and secret boyfriends. There is no book club, but there is the Yellow Jackets Buzz podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by NYC Demon Diva Issa and our guest today from the Waiting to Exhale podcast, Winter Mitchell Rohrbaugh, here today to talk about Yellow Jackets Episode 9, Doomcoming. Winter, welcome to the show. I am so excited to sit here with you both and talk about that wild ride. That was a wild ride, that episode. I was not expecting it at all. Oh, I know. It's it's very interesting. So Issa and I did our live react last night. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm going to keep coming back to this. For me, this episode felt like Breaking Bad's Ozymandias, which took five and a half seasons to go from this feel-good thriller about uh, running drugs and illicit behavior to realizing the gravity of the consequences and the darkness that is brimbrewing and building. And here we got this in episode nine of season one with Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought that we'd see a little bit of, you know, they're getting manic, they're starting to lose, they're, they're hungry, right? These girls yeah. are hungry and they're starting to deal with the elements and there's some real life consequences that they need to actually be considering. They've lost a friend. She made a valiant effort <laughs> to try yeah. to take off on that old ass rickety plane and try to and 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 try to get them some help. We've got Van who was brutally attacked by a wolf, which I'm still trying to was reconciling for for at least an episode. Was that like a hallucination or did that really happen? Oh, yeah. So now we're like watching the girls. They're the girls. They're they're, they're wrestling with. We could be out here for we weeks, if not months. Yeah. And Issa, what were your first thoughts upon rewatching the episode? On a second watch, it was just as mind-blowing as it was last night. I think it's going to take a few watches before I can settle down with this episode. Um, it was a ride, to say the least. And we're going to dive into it and go scene by scene of the episode here today. I, Winter, did you feel shook after watching this a little bit compared to the previous episodes? I did feel shut thinking about how many things they're going to leave for us to just sort of marinate with until the next season, what survival is actually going to look like until they get to the season two. And I'm just wondering where they're going to leave us off on this finale. So now I'm anxious. I'm super anxious. Yeah. And it's very interesting that they paid off some mysteries. So we know who the blackmailer is was um i think we know who the antler queen is after this episode i think that was pretty obvious yeah and so now the question going into season two yeah. i mean we've still yeah. we've still got more to unpack in season one but i don't know in season two i feel like there's probably going to be new mysteries and new things to explore uh we still the book is i don't okay so I think we have to start with this, this, uh, where the episode started leaving off from last week where we had, um, after Laura Lee, uh, exploded in 1996 in present day, Shauna found her <laughs> journals missing, found the, uh, found the, uh, glitter in her closet goes over to confront Adam. Who the F are you? And then we pick right up at that scene and Adam is completely oblivious to what's going on. Sean is tearing apart his apartment. She does find a book about the Yellow Jackets crash and disappearance. Uh, he says he wanted to learn more about her, but then cut with this series of scenes from the woods, some we've seen before, some we haven't. Um, she ends up killing Adam. Uh, I guess, you know, my question to you, Winter, is 
you know, how does this work for you as a payoff given all of the rampant speculation we had over Adam's identity? And do you think there's, there's another wrinkle or two perhaps to be revealed in the season finale? There has to be another wrinkle uh, because I was never that really like connected to the Adam character. I felt like he was just sort of like out there to create conflict and confusion for the characters and obviously bring down Shauna's vulnerability, like, you know, make her a little bit more vulnerable to sort of reveal things, which I think drove the story along. But I don't necessarily feel like any connection to Adam. I was shocked by Adam's untimely death because it, it was it unexpected in this part of the season. We don't usually get something like that. You know, that's like a yeah. season finale type of move. But I'm all, I was also really shocked because Shauna, to me, is very, 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 her penchants for murder, uh, even represented in 1996, is not that... Uh, She's very good at it and she doesn't really feel any, it, it, she has zero issues with doing it. So I felt like it was very interesting that she's wearing yellow and then she stabs oh. Adam and oh. she doesn't seem to really have the usual panicking. We don't see the scene after where she's panicking and trying to clean up the mess. She's like quietly goes home let's Jeff know this has occurred. And then it's about starting to strategize how we're going to get out of it. And I actually really enjoyed the bonding moment. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that part with her and Jeff down, you know, it, as the episode sort of progresses about how they strategize how to deal with this. And Issa, your first thoughts on this, if you're in Shauna's shoes and you go over there to confront Adam, given the circumstantial evidence, does it make sense that she stabbed him? In, in your mind. No. I, I still, I'm telling you, when the, when the opening credits roll, I was hoping that we were going to come back and it was a dream or it was some kind of scene that it didn't really happen and she was like imagining and then she would take a different approach to how she was going to confront him. Um, I, honestly, what really, really got me in this scene, and it might be an unpopular opinion, it was the book that Adam has. Where do I buy this book? I want to read all of it. <laughs> There's a book about the yellow jacket. So this is the first time we see any of it. I want to see more about it. Yeah. 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 Oh. There's also an Us Weekly cover, which I thought was crazy. Was was am I wrong or was there an Us Weekly cover? No, there that was. They were on? There was. I freeze framed it because I was so captivated by the book. There That's was awesome. there was a cover. And Winter, I don't know if you've had this impulse yet. I know Issa yeah, and I have talked amazing. about this. Like as content creators, I mean, I want to reach out like Simon and Schuster. Do you still have a licensing deal with Showtime? Can we get the official journals released? We can hire a writer. We can make it happen. I want to call up Boom Studios. Can we get Yellow Jackets freshman year, the comic book? Um, I want I want a schlocky exploitative. I want them to bring Maury Povich out of retirement to host a mock 1996 <laughs> TV program. <laughs> Yellow Jackets, what happened? Interviewing Jeff, Randy, uh, the parents. Uh, I want I want Deep Blue something to have written like a charity song about bringing the girls home. I mean, I want you know, this world so funny. to be built. Me too, Glenn. I want a whole universe. And you know what's so yes. funny is the journals have got me thinking about when I, I was nine, I was 16 in 1996. So this really, I've, I've talked about it over and over again, how much this show hits home for me, just with the sound, of, uh, the soundtrack, yes. the language, the, the, the fashion, all of it. But when I was 16, the big, the big uh, journal or universe uh, content was Laura Palmer's diary. Yes. Which was, yes. They, they released 
a version of Laura Palmer's diary, Firewalk, to, to coincide with Firewalk with me, which was the film that came out, which was like the Twin Peaks uh, film. And, you know, that was a very hot commodity. You could not get a copy of it. It was banned from school libraries. It was really hard to get at the main library. So that's when I think about these journals and all of these storylines and narratives, I think about that. And I'm like, ooh, I would love to have that for now, like today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to, and be, it, to be fair yeah, here, so sorry, Glenn, to interrupt, but I was going to say Shauna's journals are basically published since everybody has read them, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I've gotten in my head cannon with this, and I'm just like, they could easily release like senior year up into the crash after season one and then do another journal after season two. And yeah, there's just so much. There's so much uh, possibility with this universe. And I think that's part of it too, right? Is almost after this episode, I almost want more of the happy times. I want more into the, the before now because they, they turned a point in this episode where they're not coming back from that. I mean, I don't know in the next episode yeah. how they're going to deal with this aftermath. So we, we open after the credits, which by the way, uh, no return out now on streaming services. It finally got the official release. You can listen to it. Uh, it's not longer than what we hear in the show, but you can stream it now. Um, but we've got uh, digging for grubs in the woods as they're eating. And uh, we have the, the berry wine that I believe Mari has been saving and brewing. And you know what's interesting, this detail, and this is what I had to verify uh, when they're talking about, uh, you know, like a homecoming, like a doom coming, Jackie, again, the party planner with her, with her influence uh, from seance to doom coming. Uh, basically, don't take Jackie's ideas because shit's going to get real. Um, but yeah. Interesting detail that I had to go back and look with the seance. She said it's a full moon tomorrow night. And in Doom and in uh, Bloodhive, they don't say it's a full moon during the seance. But if you look at the light coming in through the window, like that is a bright, bright moon night. I wonder yeah. if that is now sort of uh, canon to the mythology of when shit gets crazy and people start getting sacrificed. Okay. I hadn't even thought about that. That's a great, that's a great thought. That's a, yeah, that's an excellent observation because, you know, full moon just makes people crazy. I can see that being a part of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so they decide they're going to do this and then we get Shauna. I mean, they get right out there, man. I feel like on other series, they would have kept this going with Shauna and Jeff for a while. Shauna looks, her journals are back inside the safe. Now, I think we can assume, because we find out later Jeff had read them years ago, that the journals were taken perhaps to reference the symbol for the blackmail text. Um, so there is like circumstantial reasons why they were missing. Um, but we get this confrontation. I mean, where this starts and Jeff, well, I guess it makes sense. His greatest fantasy was having a customer in the furniture store because, um, he's not doing so hot and he's behind the blackmail, uh, with, with Randy who once got outsmarted by an escalator, they successfully pulled <laughs> off a blackmail scheme. Uh, Winter, uh, to you first, uh, how did you feel about Jeff, uh, the criminal mastermind here? I, <laughs> I think it's very funny that it was Jeff, because we've all been saying it's been Jeff this entire time. That no, it can be Jeff because this is, you know, he's planning the reunion or he's planning as something, he's planning this or that. I like how the payoff is like as, like, like whatever, as, as, 
anything else is that is Jeff related. Um, I, I felt like that was to me the least interesting aspect that reveal, which I recognize is a big deal for the, for the purpose of the story and driving the narrative. But I, I, I guess maybe the way I've been viewing yellow jackets is that, and I think there's a lot of different ways that people can sort of look at this show. And, and I have to like, accept that some people are taking it in a different way. To me, it's like the culmination of it. Like, I feel like, you know, shows that were like this when I was that age, 16, you had to really like have this, this, the writing was sort of like better. And, you know, we're only getting good writing because things are on cable, right? Like television networks had to have good writing in order to be successful. So you had to like really get involved with the character and learn about them and like want to keep following them. And I keep calling this show like a 30 something, but 40 something but a slasher show, but then also like a sex in the city, but no fashion. Like there's so many different things happening on this show that sometimes something like a stabbing in the beginning, like a full Drew Barrymore and scream Casey Becker type situation is still going to get me there because I'm accustomed to that type of fake out. But like a husband being like, yeah, I've been playing you this entire time because we're running out of money. I'm like, yeah, I've been married for five years now. So I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You at least you tried. So I I guess the Jeff part wasn't as, as compelling for me as, as it has been for others. Yeah. So what'd you think of this reveal? I, 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 I didn't, I didn't think Jeff was going to be the blackmailer, to be honest with you, but I did see him struggling and you know, you and I have conspired against like, like about this show so much. I did see him struggling financially, so it will make sense, you know, like putting two and two together. Um, winter, my theory was that he had a second job. So, you oh, know, that's why he was sneaking out at night. <laughs> so, you know, when, when they do the lo- the brunch at Jackie's parents and they bring up the fact that she, you know, that he's the only one paying the bills and they might need financial help. That's when it really clicked for me. So I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting him to be the blackmailer. So although that doesn't make him a good person, I thought the way he reacted to finding out his wife had an affair and just murder a man made me want to marry Jeff. I was like, this man is a saint. <laughs> Shauna doesn't deserve Jeff. Like... <laughs> I thought it was so awesome to see how he was going to take the fall for her. Well, you know, it's interesting because I felt like with Shauna, uh, you know, something that he said to her, which I found really, really, really sweet, is that he said he was going to take the fall, just like you'd mentioned. And then... I also thought it was interesting that she said she was sorry for lying. She was apologizing for lying. And he was like, our relationship has been like this from day one. And (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Jeff is really aware. Jeff Jeff gets it. Jeff is down for the cause of his ride or die. I love Jeff. Yes. Yes. But uh, the one thing that is, is like driving me crazy, and I'm sure we'll get to it with this show, is like if he read the journals, then he was aware that Shauna was out there in the woods pregnant with his baby. And I know we still don't know what happens with the baby, but it has to be, it had to have been such a deep moment to find out that he read those journals, not even because of the whole we ate each other kind of thing, but it was like she was out there alone pregnant with his kid and nobody to turn to. That has to mm-hmm. like leave him with some kind of like, 
I don't want to say guilt, but there has to be that I wish I could have been there for you and I wasn't able to. You know, like there was a lot yeah. that Shauna was dealing with in the woods that would probably explain why Jeff is so protective and so ride or die for her because he understands yeah. what she went through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really weird, right? There is something that's interesting about a level of emotional maturity when you can recognize who your your partner is and be like, I know who I married. You know, and they like warts and all ups and downs. I'm into this. Uh, Fizzo88 in the chat doing the real de citizen detective work saying, I just Googled that a full moon occurred on September 26th, 1996. That with homecoming rush week, that does line up pretty well with this episode four months into their time in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and right before the snow. So that does seem to be a, a, a day that it would, it would be pretty close to it. Love that. God, I love the obsessiveness about this show. Yes, me too. <laughs> Winter, By the way, we haven't had a show with yeah. this kind of obsession in a while. Sorry, I didn't yeah. overlap. No, 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 no. We haven't had a, a, a you know, I, I, I don't I don't remember. It's it's very interesting that this show has become my obsession colliding with and just like that. At the same time, oh, interesting. I'm not nearly feeling and just like that. And it has nothing to do with everybody's sort of like sophomoric observations about it. I expected the women to be older. I expected them to be different. I expected them to be contending with the world that doesn't look like what they were accustomed to. But I'm much more, I feel even taking Sex in the City out of it, I feel much more aligned with what these women in Yellow Jackets are going through than anything I've seen in a very long time. I love that you brought that up, Winter, because my favorite show of all time is Sex and the City. So I yeah. personally cannot bring myself to watch just like that because <laughs> I made the mistake of seeing a couple of the reviews and what people are seeing. And I'm like, if I don't like it, it's going to, I don't want it to ruin what Sex and the City mean to me. So I'm in a yeah. weird spot where I really want to watch it. But at the same time, I'm like, if I hate it, it's going to just completely ruin my favorite show of all time. So I am, you know, I am very torn about this 50-50. People don't understand the internal struggle because all my friends are like, it's your favorite show. How are you not watching it? And I'm like, you don't understand this could be traumatizing for me if i hate it <laughs> it's it's not that great and you know i don't yeah, know i, know. I heard that done. i heard that i don't know we would have we what we would have done without yellow jackets i mean yellow jackets has been sort of like a saving grace in more ways than one so yeah i feel like um the present day is like a 50 times better version of what i liked about good girls uh, recently canceled on NBC. I mean, this is so much better, but it's, 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 I like the idea that they're all juggling their routine lives with this secondary life, this bigger mystery and these larger shenanigans uh, that are going on. I find that very compelling. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I think um, Winter brought up like her age in 1996. And yeah, I was in my teenage years as well. So and now seeing them as women around my age group, it just it's just such a there's something to re to to relate both when you were young and both you as a woman now that I find about Yellow Jacket so compelling, not even about the paranormal or the cannibalism, just the way they present these characters and they bring you back to your teenage years and then you see them now as women and you relate to all of them. That's, that's what I find so fascinating about them. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree, 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 agree. So back in 96, we got Misty asking Coach Ben to Doomcoming. Uh, he agrees. <laughs> 
Oh God. Oh Misty. <laughs> Poor Misty. Poor Ben. Oh. I just I I like I feel like we were all cute about the secret boyfriend thing and about like, oh, this is kind of funny in a weird way. And this episode, it just got, everything got really real in this episode. Yeah. Like, it, this did not feel as cute on a rewatch. Oh, and then uh, we've got Shauna wearing the poncho that I swear to God, every teenager owned a version of this poncho in the 90s, talking with Jackie uh, and Jackie, like calling her shot with Travis, like this is happening before I die. Travis, me, book it um kind of crazy but like what do you think winter of this this next level mind games jackie's playing with sean of going like well you're not interested right because i would hate for us to compete for the same guy i mean i think that we the writers really 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 were able to sort of put their heads into the heads of young women of an era minus all of the things that would have complicated this, right? So if it was 2022 and this had occurred, there'd be social media, 24-hour coverage, nonstop, where are the girls? What did it do? We found them, we saw them, we did this. It would be like Gabby Petito all over again. The internet solved the Gabby Petito case, not the police. The internet 1, solved 000%, it. 1,000 so, yes. Thank you, honey, thank you. So like that is what would have been happening with this. They are, I'm in my, I think at some point we're going to see the other side. We, I don't want to know the parents. I'm not interested in what their uh, lives are like. I just want to know like, what is the, what is the outward facing? Like, how do we get back to these girls? Okay. So now we're wrestling with all of these things, minus all the conveniences that we've come to understand. And then we also have to talk about the drama that's unfolding. And I think with Jackie, she is, to me, starting to reveal herself as somebody who doesn't have it all together, who has been presenting this lie, which is common, right? Like, it is common. She is perfect. She is a princess. She is this, that, and the other. And then when push comes to shove, she doesn't have the skills. She doesn't have the, the, the wherewithal. And on top of that, she probably always thought that she was a little bit cooler than Shauna because Shauna's always been sort of like poker-faced about everything. And now she's thinking everything's a lie. So the wheels falling off for Jackie seems completely in line with her character, in my opinion. I don't think she's being manipulative. I think that she is being, uh, this is how she is when she doesn't have anything else to lose. Yeah, we talked about this um, in weeks past, but it's that idea, like, she had all that influence. You go back to the pilot episode, she had all this power over the group. And so when somebody feels very threatened, like they're losing their power, that's when they're at the most unpredictable. And I think that her behavior has been very in line with that. Um, we go back to present day uh, where where the where Jeff learns the revelation, perhaps more upset than the affair, he feels betrayed to learn that there was no book club. <laughs> and Winter, I saw your uh, tweets with Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky's favorite line of the season was there's no book club. Yes. I, yes. I, you know what? It it was the delivery. And again, I don't, I, I, I have to just, you know, say as a married woman to a mar- to a man, kind of like a Jeff, you, you, it's, it's, that's marriage. It's the delivery. It's all the other stuff is fair, not, or not great, but wow. <laughs> you, you really stuck the landing with the book club stuff. How dare you? He was so great in that moment. 
and Jeff's so committed, you know, he was on Amazon being like the girl in the train window. I'm going to read this. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, we're going to have stuff to talk about. Um, shout out to the soundtrack supervision department, because in the mm. first episode, when Jeff's jumping out the window, they are playing Liz Fair's Supernova uh, with the lyric, you walk in clouds of glitter as we see Jeff uh, running across Jackie's lawn. Now, Winter, did you read the original pilot script? I didn't. I didn't. How much has it changed or stayed the same? Uh, there's stuff, there's changes. I mean, we're going to definitely do a deep dive into that. And there was a backup script as well with a lot of stuff that was reused in three and four um, that also leaked out there. But um, in the original pilot script, it is Liz, perhaps Liz Fair, in my opinion, her best song, Fucking Run, was the original needle drop. I wonder if, given how the series played out, either that or Supernova was much cheaper to license, uh, but very clever early placement and foreshadowing in that first episode. Um, Misty gets the first of two makeovers in this episode. The first one, courtesy of Jackie in 1996, getting advice about what to do with Coach Ben. And um, yeah, oh, what, what do you think, Winter? What do you think Misty's original plan was with the mushrooms, that this is going to loosen Ben up and he's going to be uninhibited and it's, it's going to be go time? I, this is, again, <laughs> why I love this show. Every single girl minus Jackie reminds me, has, uh, the main group of girls reminds me a little bit of myself, which just shows you just like how being a teenage girl in the 90s, what it was like. This show is to me the very, very good at that. Uh, yeah. I think she thought they were going to go all the way. I think she thinks that this she's mature enough. She's proven herself to be a resource that she's constantly... <laughs> You're shaking your head. She's proven herself to be a resource. She's batshit crazy. We know this. We are not pretending like she's not batshit crazy. But I think she's going to go all the way. I also think this was one of the weaker uh, elements of the episode because obviously she sat the shrooms down. She takes them out of a folder that says shrooms. She puts them on a counter. And then we have ourselves like a little bit of a, like a, you know, Tom and Jerry moment. We're, oh no, now it's in the soup. And like, you know, obviously they're all going to get high. I, it gave me anxiety though, to know that they're on shrooms in an uncertain situation and an uncertain, like that to me was the, that it's so funny that that's one of the most high, the highest anxiety I got during the episode is seeing them not lucid and just on drugs in the middle of nowhere. That made me real anxious. The mushroom mix-up was a little Three's Company as far as a plot twist goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the audience, so... If we had an audience, the audience would have been like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. You know? <laughs> when somebody would like, when Arnold would hold a bag of weed and it would cut and fade to commercial on three, on different strokes. Yeah, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I want an episode. I want an episode of Three's Company. I want Mr. Furley uh, tripping on mushrooms. Yes, 100%. Okay, so we and we keep cutting back to present day. Uh, Jeff and Shauna watch a lot of Dateline, apparently, and talk about <laughs> ride or die. I mean... Issa, I, I know we defend Jeff a lot on this, but if a man is willing to take the murder rap for you, I mean, husband of the year, right? Husband of the year. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. I tweeted, I, I'm going to marry Jeff. 
I mean, I, I can't say it any more simpler than that. I thought that I, I, I love him. I, I liked him and I shared this with you. I liked him when he stood up for Shauna in that brunch moment to Jackie's parents. And once again, he just showed, he just showed up yesterday and he just, it, I, it, it's not doing Shauna any favors because you're like, why is Shauna so messy? She has this good man that blackmail her best friends to save their family business. And here she is cheating on him. Come on. They're both yeah. messy. They're meant to be. They're meant to be because they're, they're messy. They're meant to be. They're meant to <laughs> yes. be. And holy shit, the dude cannot run a furniture store apparently to save his life. But his idea of saying, well, why don't you thought he was blackmailing you? Why don't you tell the other girls that as well? And let's cover this up. Brilliant idea. Brilliant. Took no effort. Very little effort. Minimal effort. And that's the beauty of Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I, it feels like it, it, it gave me Mr. and Mrs. Smith vibes. I'm like, have these two killed someone before? Because there was no emotion. They were like, all right, here's how we're going to cover it up. Great plan. Let's execute it. It was a mixture of Mr. and Mrs. Smith and a little bit of you involving there where I'm like, what is going on with these two? They're meant to be and they're both demented and they're both going with each other's plan. Good for them. But Jeff, <laughs> if, if it doesn't work out with Shauna, call me. <laughs> You need a Jeff in your life, babe. Let's get you a Jeff. <laughs> Wait, I need a, a Jeff. Jeff girl. We'll get you a Jeff girl. <laughs> oh, you, okay, so I have to say, though, even more romantic and a better partner than Jeff is teen Thaisa, who, <sighs> as during this beautiful montage set to Collective Souls, The World I Know, which is a song that, you know, I don't have a particular attachment to, but the way they used it in this episode is going to forever define that song for me. Yeah. Van sitting looking down ty asking her to doom come and giving her the mask and, oh my god when van smiled like i started just weeping yeah like, tears of joy <laughs> yeah me too i i remember the line clearly when she said i know you're self-conscious so i made us this and she pulled out the mask and i started crying and i'm like wow i'm really yeah. invested in this show way more than i anticipated i'm invested in this too and because we know where taisa is now on present day it's just driving me crazy to find out what the fate of Ben and Taisa is. Why are yeah. they not together? Because the way they come off in the woods, it just seemed like a relationship that would have gone on all the way. And, that, and we know that's not what happens. She's with Simone. So I really don't want to get to the point where this falls apart because I'm in love with the relationship. I'm in love with their relationship and the beauty of just their the confidence, right? Like the confidence. I, I think, you know, they aren't in a very rural area. They're in New Jersey. That's not that rural. So it's yeah. it's a, it's slightly more, you know, big city where they can kind of fade into the midst. But just to be young and 16 and gay, uh, it is is it doesn't matter what year it is. I, hopefully it's easier as we continue to progress. But, you know, that was a beautiful moment. I, I got to tell you, every time I see them, and see them making out and hooking up. I'm like, and it's always bathed in beautiful light. Yeah. And that's yeah. the presentation I love of it. Like banging in the moonlight. I'm like, yes. you know I mean? like we've had years of men and women banging in the moonlight. Not like <laughs> this though. Not yeah. like this. And you're absolutely no. right. When the scene went to them making sweet love in the moonlight, you forgot that <laughs> these two girls are stranded in the woods, starving to death and that I'm, will freaking mold her face off no that scene was beautiful and it made you forget about everything else going on yeah 
Yeah. And I, and especially when they're all singing and dancing to kiss from a rose that made me smile. Excellent song choice. Excellent, Excellent song. song choice. I just <laughs> smiled. So I just literally just started smiling. Cause I was like, yep, that's what we were doing. Singing kiss from a rose as a group walking down the street, just 1996 singing seal. Don't know any of his other songs, but I know. Kiss oh, really? from a rose. Oh God. No, come on. Oh, I love not him. crazy. No, crazy for crazy by a little before. I mean, I'm 45, but crazy 90, 91, like crazy was everywhere. No, but okay, but yeah. Glenn 91, I was yeah. obsessed with it. Was it was rap, it was cube, sure. Tupac, Nirvana. So I wasn't in like the easy listening yet. So, we, <laughs> so you know, the only reason we liked Kiss from a Rose is because we all went to go see Batman Forever. So like that's that's <laughs> that's the reason why we 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 are all obsessed with that because that movie was terrible but the song was great. I probably confused the hell out of the Columbia Record and Tape Club with my twelve CDs for a penny, where it was like, okay, so I want Seal, I want Depeche Mode, I want Nirvana, I want The Cure, I want Amy Grant's Baby Baby record, Wilson <laughs> Phillips definitely. Nelson, because you know, after the rain, they've they've been through some stuff. Oh, that's um, right. That's and right. they might be giants. Like I placed the weird, like I had the most eclectic mix of music. They didn't think, care. They wanted your penny, and they wanted yes. your forty nine ninety nine thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, but did you know that the company was a scam? They were selling you burnt CDs and not the real. Well, at CDs? the end, at the end, they were. Yeah. Well, of course. Really? I mean, what are you gonna make for a penny? Yeah. Nobody was paying the forty nine ninety nine. We were all using everybody's names in our families towards everybody's name in our family. Everybody. Oh my name god, we all Everyone. did it. My, my, little, my little sister, my grandmother, my great everybody. everybody, everybody, everybody. I remember when my dad saw an app for it, and he was like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna order." Me and my sister were like, "Yeah, you're not gonna be able to." <laughs> <laughs> you're in the system. You're, no, in, the you're system. in the system already, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> You already played that card 20 years ago. Get another scam, dad. But Bring Columbia so... Records back. It was yeah. like, give us 12 MP3 downloads yes. for a penny now. I don't yes. know how you would do it now. Well, make it a stream. Make me stream 100 songs. And then, I don't know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you canceled the free trial. And then I canceled the free trial. I don't know. Yeah. So this was a great montage of getting ready. And then we come back to present day where Misty's making friends with Jessica Roberts. Jessica Roberts entertaining Misty with her stories. Don't believe that at all. That's yeah. I don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, she's going to die. I think yeah, she's, she's going to die. She's going to die. She's probably going to die. These girls don't mind murdering, which I love about them. They don't mind a little, a little quick, a little quick murder. Just, just in the afternoon. Jessica Roberts is going to die. It needs to be at the hands of the bird. The bird needs to kill Jessica Roberts. Pluck her eyes out. Pluck her eyes out. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be forgetting that Jessica's down in the basement until they get there. I, I think that she thinks Jessica thinks. I think the way they position that 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 scene, Jessica thinks that she's making headway in manipulation, that reverse manipulation of and getting your captor to endear themselves to you, and then let Misty ain't letting her go. Misty will kill her or maim her or or find a way to 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 manipulate it. But Misty's been manipulating and pulling shenanigans since since before they took off on the plane. Oh, I'm yeah. convinced 
that she may have done something to the plane. That's thinking too far ahead. But I saw a rumor, somebody saying, is that Misty up at the front and is the door open? And I said, oh, wait, I need to relook at the, I'm looking at the the, the crash footage like I'm in the freaking, what is it? Who looks at crash footage? The NSBF, you know who uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Federal the Aviation. The Federal FAA and NTSB, yeah. the National Transportation Security Board. So I'm not any of those people. I don't have any skill set in that, but I have been flying since I was six weeks old. And that door looked open before the plane crashed, which is scary because doors don't fly open on planes that are crashing. So but why didn't Lottie see? I guess she was on her medication. Maybe that's why she yes, didn't see the plane yeah. crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. why we need the Yellow Jackets freshman year comics. And I'll go further. I want the Lil Yellow Jackets when they're on a youth soccer team and Misty's magical pet bird, like like Anastasia, like follows them around to games. And Misty's like plotting behind. Oh, you want a back. Ghostbusters the animated series? Yes. I want, Lil, Lil, a... <laughs> yes. I want Lil Yellow Jackets where they're a youth soccer team. Up to shenanigans. We're there, and then there's like a little epilogue after every episode, and that's how we stay yellow jackets. We yes. fight crime and don't drink, you know, crap that you never didn't touch. And uh uh, don't go anywhere to a second location with someone you don't know. Yellow jacket, like that type of shit. Yeah, I'm free. I'm shutting down my advertising agency. I'm hitting up Showtime and being like, look, you need somebody shepherd this series because there is so much <laughs> merchandise we could be pushing with these offshoots of the Yellow Jackets universe. <laughs> So much. Yeah. They're not thinking that. I, you know what? Really quick, I know we need to yeah. continue on to the, yeah, the yeah, course please. of the episode, but really quick, I, I don't know if you both, either one of you, have talked about this or not. Anybody else kind of annoyed it's on Showtime? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I never touched Showtime before. Glenn, thank you for gifting me yellow jackets. <laughs> told me you need to watch this show. So I was like, the only reason why I have Showtime is because I have the cable package that includes like all of the movie channels. Right. So, you know, you just sign on with your cable provider. I'm like, I don't think I've yeah. signed on to Showtime ever before. Like HBO Max, everything else I use, Showtime was one that I have never downloaded. I'm like, really? And on Showtime? I didn't realize they had such good TV. And I haven't watched the new season of Dexter because I, I used to really be into Dexter. I need to, I need to watch the new episodes. It's not great. That's why I'm saying I'm annoyed yeah. with Showtime. No, it's not great. Yeah. So like that's what I'm saying. It's like we're whole with without the uh the show, that other show that, that they used to have with William H. Macy and everything oh, shameless. else. Shameless and all of that, you know, like this they need this show to do well, in my opinion. Oh, it's it gonna is. get five yeah. seasons. Yeah, it's getting yeah. five seasons. I'm pretty yeah. because it, look at it. I mean, Winter, you remember this when I started following you. Do you remember like Thanksgiving weekend? You could search Yellow Jackets on Twitter and catch up in 24 hours worth of tweets yeah. in about five minutes. Yeah. And now yeah. they're coming like six a minute now. Yeah, yeah. And the thing yep. is that that's really annoying to me though. Is I type in yellow on Twitter. Yeah, and it's Yellowstone, and they're <laughs> yeah. getting the. But by the way, let's talk about that conspiracy. They're completely getting the runoff from Yellow Jacket interest. Mm -hmm. And that's why mm -hmm. they're saying the number one most trending show. And I'm like, no, it's not. We're searching no, Yellow Jacket and you keep coming up. Yeah. I know how algorithms work. I work in social media. That's what's happening. You're, we're going yellow because there's nothing else out there. And it's like stone. And you're like, eh, is that it? No, it's jacket. Yes. Idiot. There's absolutely no way you're going to convince me that show is the number one cable show. Oh, I don't believe not so. at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, 
But look, if this, if Yellow Jackets would have dropped on Netflix over Thanksgiving, we'd have all forgotten it by now. It would have been, it would have had its moment. We would have been all of it because, well, Netflix started slowing down how they come out with their shows, but they are. They yeah, have, no, you're yeah. right. The thing with that's the thing with Netflix show. Netflix comes out with some bangers, but everybody watches them at the same time, and then they're just forgotten about. Where with Yellow Jackets, because they're releasing them weekly, it changes the way that we consume it. But it has to be the right type of show. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I would have kept watching Squid Game hmm. um, because Squid Game really needs a buy in like of two or three days. And then you're out, you're discussing and now we're waiting for the next one the, with Yellow Jackets. I, I am appreciative of the episodic digest, consume, rewatch. I, I like that cycle. I'm fine with that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. No, it's, it's I like great. I like the speculating and I like I like the community that it built because we all want to share our theories and you don't get that with a lot of shows. And also I really like the cast. I love the way they interact with us. I just yes. think it's and it's it's perfect. Melanie Linsky, I've been following her for a long time. She mm -hmm. never had a huge audience. She never had a huge social following. And this girl's been around since I was 16. She's been around forever. And she's an incredible actress. And just watching her stock rise week by week, she, you know, her, her numbers grow, learning more about the other girls, seeing how, how they're coming out, and then seeing the comfort, right? Like Christina Ricci and Julianne, uh, Ju Juliette Lewis are both, have been around a long time and they've all kind of been, and they've, they've been like, uh, you know, like artillery you bring out when you really need to, you know, punch it in. And, but I don't think they've been given their due process in, in recent time. And now it's just nice to see them all collectively getting what they deserve. They all deserve yeah. this. Those, those three girls specifically, I don't know much about uh, adult Tyson, but I'm obsessed with her and I'm excited for her to rise and to shine. But those other three girls have been in it from like a very young age and finally seeing them get the respect that they deserve in a real big way is 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 exciting for for me. Yeah. And Tony Cypress is great. I was also not aware of her before. This yeah. Show. I think she's Love fantastic. her. Taisa is my favorite character. The, the modern day Taisa is my favorite ta character. 1996 Nat is my favorite. Yeah. And I like, I'm a Shauna. I'm big on, I, I'm, I'm adult Shauna and uh, young Tysa. Nice. Nice. Yeah. For me, it's still Van in 96, but present day, I still got to say Misty. <laughs> and this is a broken record, but of all the adults, Misty is the one who is comfortable with herself and who she is. That is controversial. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying she's that a is. good person. I'm not saying let's put her in charge of the PTA. Okay, but I'm just saying Misty knows who Misty is and Misty made peace with that a long Listen, time. Listen, we all need a friend that will come and snore our coke for us or we call her when we need to get rid of a dead body. She's down for whatever. Yeah. She's down for yeah. whatever. She's a real one. Misty's She's a real, real one. one. Misty's a real one. She is a real one. She is. Yep. I'm so I'm, I'll, give it to you. I'll give you that. <laughs> Taisa, uh, we see in present day, Taisa is, is winning her campaign. I'm sure next week she's going to be state senator, uh, Taisa Turner. Um, and then back in 96, uh, welcome to the doom coming. Oh, and I love that they use Belly's Geppetto, like a lesser known Belly single worked so perfectly in this scene. Um, and everyone realizing that Ty and Van are a couple, uh, Mari being like, hey, what? And Akil's like, yeah, duh. What's <laughs> this been going on? I love this that. Was such a beautiful moment. This relationship is so just heartwarming to see.
And this mm -hmm. moment was great. Everybody dressed up, everybody there to celebrate uh, the, the beginning of the end. And Shauna is showing. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> I, I, what are we thinking is going on here? I don't want to see any babies eaten. I really hope they don't eat this baby. I mean, oh my god, I didn't even think about that winter. Why yeah, did I, I, that babe, I don't want to see any babies. Well, you know what? I, I honestly didn't think she would make it this far, right? So, me that neither. for me, me and, neither. and I know Glenn yesterday mentioned he was like, Well, it's been a couple of months, so of course, she's showing, but I feel like at that moment when she started to show that's when the when I, when it hit me like is this baby really going to be born i thought she would have lost the baby by now and i hate to even say that out loud but i really didn't think she was gonna get very far along in her pregnancy because of the conditions and they're starving and you know she's probably not nourished enough for herself let alone a baby so i didn't start thinking about the fate of the baby until i actually saw the belly on last night's episode it was a lot to take in it was a oh, lot yeah. taken <laughs> because I just, you're thinking about all the things that are going on just when you are in a normal situation, but in that, this extreme situation, the other thing too is like, they're in this cabin, right? And for all intents and purposes, that is shelter and they are doing pretty good. So in order for her to really start, you know, the thing about pregnancy is the baby steals from you the nutrients it needs to grow. I, I, she to me is going, and we saw it a little bit in last night's episode. She's going to start. It's not, it's beyond ravenous. She's, mm. you know, she's like mama bear, like just losing her mind because she's the, she's being, her resources are this every, the sustenance is just being sucked from her and she's going to start doing real crazy. She started it last night and I kind of loved it. I kind of loved how cuckoo she was acting last night oh my god we have, me too we have... me too i thought she was the antler queen i know that they're alluding that lottie is but i was like the way that shauna was acting i was like maybe she's like the the uncrowned queen because i was more scared of her than lottie i think lottie's gonna get cast out i think that really? shauna will yeah i feel like because lottie at some point we've all had seen the rumors so i'm not blowing it for anyone else i know there's some people in the audience who've not seen the show yet but we've all seen the speculation that lottie falls into the pit the the pit oh with yeah the, with the stakes so i think she gets cast out but you see how they created their factions really quickly yes like that, just, yeah. that was very surprising to me how fast forward into it's you or us and pushing Jack at weeding. I'm sorry, Glenn, I'm going ahead, but no, 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 no. I don't know if you remember this in the original show description, it did talk about warring clans mm -hmm. and tonight, uh, part of what's so exciting about part two of this episode is when everything takes that turn, we see where these lines are potentially going to be drawn. And I love what you said, Winter, about Antler Queen. You know, it could start as Lottie. It could end up as Sean. I made uh, a comparison to a 21 Jump Street episode of the title of Hammer <laughs> in, in Juvenile Hall when Tom Hansen took down the hammer and became the hammer. And I absolutely think Shauna could become the Antler Queen uh, the second if Lottie, if they get sick of her shit and her premonition. Yeah, 100%. I 100% see it because you kind of see it today in present day. Sorry. Um, yeah. Shauna to me seems the most grounded and resolved of everybody. If you think about it, she hasn't been really experiencing any mental breaks. Uh, Ty, Ty has had a mental break already. Misty has had a mental break at some point to get to the part, point where she is. 
and Natalie is losing is is not she's able in to a constant break. mental break. Natalie, yes, yeah, in a constant <laughs> mental break, a constant <laughs> mental break. I think yeah. Misty's in an active mental break that is ongoing mental break. But and she I, was born with it. <laughs> she was born with the mental break. But I think Shauna has always been resolute and resolved, and I kind of you kind of see that with Shauna um, when you when she's talking to Jackie. Uh, you can see how duplicitous that Shauna can be when she's talking to Jackie in her bedroom before they go to that party. This is in the pilot. And you see how Jackie and Shauna, like Jackie knows she's pretty. Jackie knows that she's popular. Jackie knows that she's privileged. But Jackie's dealing with some demons, which Shauna, I feel like Shauna's way more like accepting of all of these things because she's doing she's doing what she's got to do. But I don't see Shauna as anyone who's in competition with Jackie. Jackie's in competition with other people and Shauna's just hanging out. Was I expecting Shauna to be sleeping with Jeff in spite of the relationship that he has with Jackie? No, I think that just shows how strategic she can be. She's totally strategic. She knows exactly how to play it. And that's why I think she'll be antler queen, antler queen in the long run. Yeah. And um, interesting also that Lottie was wearing Laura Lee's top. We saw. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, as Armando's pointing out, yeah, it could be some sort of possession. Something happens. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's cool how they're building this. But uh, we're, we're think probably... there's super, supernatural elements or is it just hallucinations? I, I've been since day one. I know I've been urging Issa to watch the show Evil on Paramount Plus because they tried to have it both ways in season one before picking a side of the road in the Yellow Jackets. I was like, no, the man with no eyes is when I was like, this is this is supernatural. Like, this is okay. not. I, mean, what do you, what do you yeah. I go I go back and forward with the whole supernatural thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, on evil. Uh, so uh spoilers on evil. Uh, but yeah, evil. If evil is not supernatural, like there's no way. They tried okay. in the first couple episodes to be like, oh no, you could be just experiencing this. Um, but yeah, like I think evil definitely picked a side of the road for season two, uh, okay. for certain, uh, we lost Issa. I think she's having some internet problems, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, this, this, I'm, I'm excited to talk about part two of this. So we, we did see that Travis is going to talk to Nat, Travis is going to talk to Natalie, but before he can even really say anything, Jackie's like, Hey, Travis, come over here, uh, and making her move. So that's very interesting. Um, and I love, 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 love. Here, let me get Issa back on the stream. Um, I love <sighs> Coach Ben having this moment of uh, of toasting um, Van and Ty and this kind of being an important development for his own feelings of acceptance and coming out that we see later in the episode. Like, this was so nice. I think we he needed to have that moment because he's going to die soon. Yep. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's quite possible. Um, yeah. And then, oh, and then have uh, a lot of body count next episode. I'm just saying, I'm predicting. Well, thank God for the red shirts, right? We saw all the, the extra yellow jackets in this episode that we haven't seen since the funeral in episode three. So they got, they got some yellow jackets to spare. Yep. You know, and then, uh, yes, uh, Lottie asked for a moment of silence for Laura Lee, which was very nice. What did you think, uh, which before we wrap up this part one of Doomcoming, what did you think of, <sighs> there has been a time jump, but with Laura Lee, did you think it was just sort of oh, like not enough gravity or like that didn't weigh over them as much perhaps as you would think, given the tragedy that we saw in the last episode? I think that there's a lot of tragedy 
And I think yeah. they're young women in an extraordinary situation. And there's only so much to process. I think she made a valiant effort. I don't, I wouldn't have done that. I yeah. would not yeah. have done taking that old ass plane out into the world. I also don't understand. I've never been in a situation where survival had at all costs was, was, was meant that anything was up in the, you know, every, anything was going to happen. Anything was going to happen and you had to be up for anything. I'm still processing the fact they have to eat grubs. It's disgusting. Like no, I, just, I, I I've never been you. in those situations. And so I think the show is really good at putting you in their shoes. What choices would you make <laughs> given the circumstances? The only thing I will say is that I wish the boys were cuter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I want some cuter boys on this Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, babe. I, I mean, Jesus. It does make it interesting, though, with Travis, with his insecurity, because Travis is very much like from his hairstyle to the way he carries himself is very much like a don't notice me kind of guy. He feels like he's been picked on. Javi is too young. Coach Ben should be out of the discussion for obvious reasons, even without him being gay. 100%. Um, so it is interesting having... Travis, <laughs> I was gonna be like, man, what a cross to bear. What a burden Travis has of having to be the only guy. And Jackie kind of calls him on that where his comeback, like, I wish I'd been that quick witted as a teenager where she's saying, you know, well, what's, isn't this every guy's fancy being stuck out with the babes and he makes a cock crack about her humility. You know, does he think it's holding you? <laughs> that was very good. Natalie is coach. I got real booze. Let's get out of here. But before that happens, Misty asks coach to dance. Coach says his dancing days are behind him. Why don't you go dance with Javi? Um, did you did you savor these last calm, nice moments, Winter, before the madness unfolded? It just felt very bittersweet to know that there's there's not gonna be many good times ahead for them. And yeah. also I appreciate the fact that they, they, this group, I love, I love these group of girls because at no point have I, I'm sure they're traumatized and they're still like exposed to the elements and all of this is just a lot to take in, but I haven't seen a lot of giving up and, and just whatever I've seen, like stick to itiveness and let's just keep going. But man, it's hard to, to fathom what's ahead as, as a viewer, knowing that it, it ain't going to look good on the other side of this. Yeah. Issa, were you watching this episode right. just waiting for the madness to unfold? Oh, Issa might have frozen. Um, so we have Coach Ben with Natalie uh, drinking and Natalie not feeling the alcohol at the moment. Uh, which was interesting. Um, but that is where we realize that Misty and the Mushrooms, the Different Strokes Three's company, Tom and Jerry situation is <laughs> unfolding. As Coach says, Misty poisoned me again. And Natalie says, I think she poisoned us all. But then Natalie pointing out that, hey, you're not going to die from this. Um, so uh, just ride it out. Enjoy the ride the wave. Is What a clever They wanted to have a party. They wanted yeah, to they have, wanted a have a party. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. And I love really that Natalie did. knew what it was automatically. It was brooms. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. It Nailed is the moment, it. right? That's our girl. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Natalie is, is the expert on uh, drugs. Um, so, in this, we, we get this moment. We get this scene. It has all started. It's really all Mari's fault. You know, Misty just wanted to drug coach Ben to... Releases inhibitions. Yes. 
Jesus. I know. Oh, my, weren't the nineties like just, it's amazing what was considered like, it's just, you know, this is acceptable. This is, I this say is okay. it all the time. How are we not dead? Yeah. <laughs> How? But doesn't that make us tougher? Doesn't that make us tougher than a hundred percent? We're so much tougher, but man, yep. we were just skirting the line of danger and, and pushing ourselves to the very limits. This is yeah. This, the thing is, it's like it's almost funny to think about it. Not funny, ha ha. But what did these girls were they protected from? Had they still been in high school and not eighteen months in the middle of nowhere? Hmm. I mean, what was ahead for them that is 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 common and between sixteen and eighteen for young women? It's just it's right. just nonstop thwarting you know, victim, you know, victimization and whatnot. And so it's almost kind of like, uh, to me, like it's the worst possible situation, but what did they avoid hmm. by not being in the normal situation out in the world? The world is a little bit scarier than being trapped in these woods. I, I, I loved, I love that winter. I love that because I said <laughs> that I was like, listen, maybe it's because I'm a little antisocial too, but I'm like, I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with being away from the world for 19 yeah. months. Figure it out. I mean, I don't know about eating grubs that part. I don't know that no. I can handle, but you know what? Being away from the real world. I don't think it sounds so bad. <laughs> no, I don't think it sounds so bad. I mean, they, I mean, it's a tough, if it's, it's a tough age, Issa, you know, being a 16 year old girl is like, you're just yep. excited. You can't wait to be 18. So, like, I I get it. Like, they're missing out on a lot of key moments. But looking back on and uh, as a as a forty one year old, I've been like, oh, that would have been amazing if I had like a break, like a timeout, <laughs> and then we'll re we'll resume. Yeah, our we'll resume later. yeah, we'll resume later. Yeah, it's interesting. They they disappeared in June of ninety six. So really, June of ninety six into early ninety eight. Yeah. That wow. It's crazy just to think about culturally everything that happened, uh, current events. Mm -hmm. But at least up. they got to witness the 1998 Yankees, which were the greatest franchise <laughs> in baseball history. <laughs> so they got rescued just in time for that. Good for them. Good for them. Well, <laughs> and if Jackie survived, uh, if that wasn't a continuity error in her journal, Jackie made up for lost time and watched all those movies that came out oh, yeah. in late 96 yeah. and 97. She completely <laughs> caught up. That yeah. must have been fun. Blockbuster just blew out Blockbuster. Uh, Winter, what's your take I on that? What's before we get into to the the craziness of the Doom coming? What's your take on that? Is that continuity error, or were they foreshadowing something massive with Jackie's survival? I think Jackie survived, okay. and I, I I don't know to what extent her survival has been. I don't know if she is all together there as you like like we talked about in part one like they all ex exhibit like different types of psychoses and triggers and traumas um so i don't know what to extent and i i, I have zero idea of what she's about to endure yeah but you know i i'm guessing based on sort of like that flashback that fade back and the fact that she's not in touch with her parents uh that she probably just went and made another life for herself because the way it was going wasn't wasn't she you know i can't imagine being 16 or 17 and learning you know going through what they went through and then learning that your your who you thought was your best friend mm -hmm. is 
really the woman who's been sleeping with your boyfriend and essentially carrying his baby. Combine that with the trauma of what their experience, I can't imagine that she comes out of it 100%. And the fact that she was saving herself for Jeff and assuming that Jeff is also saving herself for, for himself for her, it's a lot. I wrote in my notes as I'm watching the show, my notes literally say, Jackie is petty, but I don't blame her because yeah. I... I I, if I'm in that situation at that age, or even now as a grown up, I don't want to tell my best friend that I know. I want my best friend to look at me in the eye and mm -hmm. tell me what is going on. So I know that Jackie is doing all this to get Shauna to, you know, fess up and confess because Jackie could easily confront her and say, I know. But I think Shauna I mean, knows, though, Ita. I think Shauna yeah. knows that she knows. And no I think. I think yesterday when she said, I wouldn't want to compete for another guy, you know, with you. And, and I think the, the reaction on Shauna's face, you could tell that she something clicked there. Like she was like, oh, yeah. crap. She was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yes. Well, yeah. there goes that. So that's going to be a thing. Well, and we saw that Jackie's mom is like the queen of passive aggressiveness. So I mm -hmm. think uh, Jackie as the passive aggressive princess makes total sense. But to that point, if Jackie were alive in present day, like an institutionalized or disappeared i could absolutely see her parents like just not even like they just swept that under the rug they don't even talk about that but i do not think i think it would be very south park and butters like professor chaos if we see jackie in the asylum sending the postcards out to the adult yellow jackets i don't think that's the reveal we're going to get but i do like the jackie is leading a new life and has left it all behind that's a very um, intriguing idea. We're definitely getting a Jackie reveal tomorrow. I don't know that, or I'm sorry, next, next, the final episode. Yeah. I don't know that. Look, I don't know what, how they've got, a, they've, they've, the producers said that they have a five season five. plan. Yeah. So we're going to need to accelerate uh, into what, what, what we're anticipating with Jackie. Cause I don't know that I can go another season not knowing what's right. going on with Jackie. Not after they shut her in the closet this episode. Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so we learn who would be very mellow to trip with in the woods and who would be kind of <laughs> aggro in this next scene. We have Van and Ty and Ty looks like a tree and it's lovely and it's nice. <laughs> but or then wait, Glenn, or do the yeah. trees look like Ty? <laughs> but then... <laughs> The energy in the ground. This is this is like the the foreshadowing that it's coming. It's here. Uh, where's Travis? Travis is off with Jackie. It's interesting how Jackie puts the choice to him and does say the choice is yours, but she's not asking again. Um, I do like making a pillow fort as being their euphemism uh, for go time. That was kind of nice. But uh, Travis does decide to say after Jackie, what do you make of winter of this almost, I mean, forget nihilism, this rant, like nothing matters. It, none of it matters. We're just here. We're all dead husks. Let's get it on. I, I think that what we've been seeing kind of unfold, I think particularly in the last two episodes, is that the wheels are falling off. So yeah. for them to sort of reach this, the apex, not even the apex yet, this is even like the beginning of the crazy. That's what's right, yeah. so compelling about this particular episode is that we aren't, I don't, I wasn't a lost person, but my assumption based on, I, I was one of those people who watched the final episode based on all the drama leading up to the final episode to know that it was a trash episode. So my assumption is that 
the first season of Lost took a lot of time building world, yep. building character. And by like the eighth episode of Lost, they were still like, oh, well, maybe we'll somebody will come help us. Like these girls are already like, we're stuck out here. It could be, they could never find us. We're probably going to die. I mean, so they like, call it doom coming. They accept doom their coming. fate. <laughs> exactly. Yep. They're accepting their fate, which I think is very, very, very compelling. So I, and it hasn't even been that long. So yeah. going into this, I might, I'm, I'm assuming that they're just ready to sort of whatever, what, what may, whatever may come, they don't care. They're, they're past that. They're ready to accept death, which is yeah. very yeah. deep and, and crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and even what you're speaking about, Glenn, if you think about it, Jackie just seems like the kind of person, based on her popularity and the way that she acts, that even if she didn't have Jeff, she would save herself for somebody popular and this and that. You can realize that she's accepted her fate the second that she says, all right, I'm going to go and screw Travis because I'm not dying a virgin. And that is just not a choice that she would have made anywhere else in the normal world. If that's not a, a sign that they're accepted their fate, I don't know what is. Because yeah. Jackie would, would not even know who Travis is in the real world if he wasn't involved right. with the team. Right. Guys are really forgiving when a woman will say, I've lowered my standards. You'll do. <laughs> it's true. It is true. It's, tr it's, it's true. But Travis, a little hesitant. He does say he's in love with Natalie. You know, on first viewing, this scene kind of weirded me out. And I almost had to go back and be like, okay, how much was it into the effect? This was his choice. I mean, Jackie definitely did some head games with how she set up the scenario. But I think, and Winter, tell me your thought on this. Because I think that Travis said, like, I, I love Natalie, or I think I love Natalie. I think he did this like strategically to overcome the insecurity he was plagued with in the previous episode when he and Natalie didn't yeah. consummate. Well, probably doing it with someone he's probably not that into. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely see that. I can't imagine. And I kind of love, again, I know they're doing this for a reason. Issa, you'll probably agree. It's different to be the guy that's being passed around than the one girl in the group who's being passed around. I don't think these guys ever expected that to be the case. I don't think that was, you know, their goal in life. But I think that, you know, putting Travis in the situation where he has a smorgasbord of, of young ladies that he can sort of take advantage of, I think that the mismatch of him and Jackie and through that, the realization that he does truly, truly really have feelings for Natalie. It's gotta be conflicting, which also is why the scenes after that yeah. kind of threw me off. Cause that, yeah. that, that, that just really put it into, and then he started becoming, uh, he started to become the, the prey. Oh That's yes. The, you, you know what I mean? He went from having the smorgasbord to becoming the smorgasbord. Yeah, to becoming the smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, literally. And, yeah. and that this was the this was the uh, the catalyst for this. Okay, so first off, I just have to say, Mari and Akila are like the best Greek chorus. And they're like, yeah. what? Coach is hanging out with uh, uh, Nat. Misty's not going to like that. Like their reactions are so good, um, but they were feeling the energy in the ground. But then Lottie. When uh, they realize that Jackie is off with Travis, Lottie's like, she doesn't belong to him. And okay, we got to go and bust this up. And it was kind of weird because, you know, at first it seems like this is going to create a rift with Natalie. This is Travis. 
or this is Jackie crossing on and Travis is going to go along with it because he's a teenage boy. Um, but what did you make winter of, of this, uh, this shift because this was where it really all turned. Shauna feels the baby kick, and we get the further illusion like it's coming, it's inside, it's here. That that baby is like Damien, the the demon spawn of the forest. I got that feeling. I got that feeling, and I, I, I see. This is where I struggle because as much as I, there's like several genres being thrown at us, which I've never yeah, seen right. in the show before in my life. I've never had a show like when the Sopranos would do like a funny ish episode. It's like they couldn't do more than like one of those a season because it would completely disrupt the narrative and the personas that they've created in like this, this universe, right? Like those always felt, felt like extra external of the universe so when we're i'm sitting here right now thinking to myself could it be a demon spawn it absolutely could be that's just yellow jackets baby like that, right. that, that it, it, could absolutely, they, it could go in any direction any it direction. could go in so direct any direction you'll find yourself speculating and, and making the most ridiculous theories but then you like really stop and think no it really could go this way i'm not being ridiculous yeah. right now then you open reddit and you realize no you're not being ridiculous you're not everybody other way. people are thinking that and the other thing was like, you know, Lottie, I, I forget which episode this was, but Issa, you might remember, like three, maybe three episodes ago, she was having that like Nightmare on Elm Street dream. Remember that? Yeah. Where And yeah, that was yeah. like the way the producers and the writers call on other areas of the genre. Uh, you know, I really love that because it's, it's, it's. It to, this is why the show is written specifically for it wants a wide audience, but it's written specifically for us Gen Xers who yes. can yeah. call out and spot those things. And I'm like, oh my god, this is Tina walking through the boiler room down yes. the alley. Like this is this is the type of thing. So like we, it, it also kind of makes you go. That's why a, a lot of the time I'm wondering, is this happening or is this just? Like it was when you were when you were sixteen, right. you only had sixteen years of memories or reality realities to go off on, right? Yeah. So you didn't have like this. Now we have this whole decades behind us with experience and experiences and 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 knowledge. We can pull from anything and reason with it. But if you're sixteen and all you have is sixteen years of of what you've been looking at. Yeah, like everything could be, anything could be real. It could be fake. It could be a, a ghost. It could be a witch. I don't know. Like, I want to say it's a supernatural calling, summoning that she's right. giving birth to the spawn. But I also think that it could be like witchy and Kate Bushy. And they're just all like, it's, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just going off of what I would have thought at that age. I don't know. Yeah. We used yeah. to, when I was 16, we used to trit on Bones, Thugs, and Harmony and spin the record backwards because we thought they were telling us a message. Oh, my God. There were so many subliminal messages in songs back then. I remember yes. listening to a bunch of them backwards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't believe, but, I, I can't believe I spent 12 seconds doing that today. I can't. <laughs> Glenn, you want to know what I picked up from this thing just random? It was when the girls noticed that Travis and... Jackie took off and it was Shauna who came to Jackie's defense when she was like, they're not doing anything wrong. But Shauna knew what they were doing because Jackie told her what they wanted to do. And at that point, you know that she's just wanting Jackie to lose her virginity because then she'll feel a little bit better about what she's carrying and, and doing behind Jackie's back. Yeah. 
it's it's very interesting how this took the turn and then when they're running the moment where they hear the wolves howling and they start howling back yeah i i i, I just like it's witchy baby it's all yeah. witchy witchy woman stuff and that's just like i feel like every woman who's been 16 and the last hundred years has called on the wolves yeah who when have we not called on the wolves when have we not that it's just a woman who run women who run with wolves type narrative like this is just feels like what they're supposed to do and it's a full moon and this right. has not been referenced but okay so ashley lyle co-creator on twitter did confirm the crash took place june of 96. just want to point out the craft did hit theaters in may of 96. okay so they've seen it already yeah, yeah. they've seen yeah. the craft the craft is a classic. Absolutely seen the craft. And uh, there's absolutely a faction of craft lovers and clueless lovers. There is the clueless group, and there is the group who's seen the craft like 70 times. That's, that's, you know, it's interesting that the craft came out right after in the midst, in the cloud of clueless, and yeah. very much, you know, from my perspective, severed. The, length, the the longevity of Clueless because it became like, you know, there's girls like this, girls like this, and the girls like this definitely related more to the craft than they did to Clueless. And then you have girls like me who related to both, and I just still yeah, like me, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like listen, I like shopping, I like designer, but I also yeah, I like, like all that candle. stuff, and I like bell on your ass. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is women. And it's interesting too, because when you look at the cross section of the soccer team, and I do have to say this, this is an interesting comparison to what I knew in real life is that there aren't a lot of stereotypical jock athlete characters. I mean, they are all athletes and they're very gifted, but we have a very big cross section of different social groups in right. uh, the Yellow Jackets. Yeah. I, and I think it's interesting how multicultural it yeah. is, you know, obviously they're, they're, it reminds me so much of how I grew up. I grew up in San Francisco and it was just, you know, obviously San Francisco is a liberal haven that uh, the right thinks is just, you know, bacchanal. But like, I definitely feel like it would, it, it, it created a makeup and made a made up for me that being around these people, you get something out of that. And I like how comfortable they all are all mm -hmm. are around each other, which also feels very 96. We weren't having like deep conversations about racial tension, political, anything like that. It was definitely an, a, a conversation. It was definitely something that was discussed, but amongst each other, we kicked it really hard and we're a click right. together. So I right. like that. I also think it's really important that that's represented on, on this show. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we have Travis and Jackie uh, going at it. It seems to be a good experience for Jackie compared to what we saw in the nope. pilot with Jeff nope. Uh, nope. Nope. having some there navigation is issues. Nobody's first. No girl's first time goes that way. That was almost <laughs> a little too perfect. Just yeah, it was say. a little too perfect. Thank you. The winter. I said it last yeah. night. We did immediate reactions and I said, I don't want to go there again, but girls don't finish on the first time. The first time he's no. awful. And he's awful. so overrated. And it's so overrated. And she was, yeah. she was having a good time. She was really yeah. enjoying it. And I they're started questioning if she's really a virgin. Well, no, I think that the fact that he doesn't really care about her in that way made it easier for him to just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. 
If, it, if right. he has like these deep feelings for Natalie, it makes him nervous. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think we're just counting the magic of the haunted cabin and the attic <laughs> and the spirits. Right. Right. You know, it's not just all spooky manifestation. It can also be a pleasant experience. It's a pleasant experience, I guess. But definitely, definitely. There, there was an element of romance to it, but it was really hard for me to find the, the spirit of that because Jackie is just so annoying. She's my least favorite person. She's my least favorite person. Afterwards, afterwards, she says, so that was sex. Yeah. I was like, that way to kill the moment, Jackie. Way to kill the moment, Jack. Just not uh, interesting. Yes. Uh, but what uh, what do you make of Travis saying, we disappeared though, right? We're not here. Like Travis is out of body, out of mind after this experience. I, it, Everybody it, had a different reaction yeah. to this shroom slash berries. I think the berries mixed with the shroom is what really made some of them go crazy, crazier yeah. than others. I think the berries also have something to do with why it hit them so hard. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I absolutely think that, you know, we don't know what that uh, pruno was made of. I, and, and, and I feel like for it's four months enough time for pruno to, to just become what it needs to become. Who knows? And how did she know how to make it? I, these are the other things that I'm just like questioning. Like these girls did not. Girl, there's no Google they, back then. There is no Google, no Google for her to back figure out how to make this. How do they know? <laughs> and, and, you know, uh the between that the pruno the 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 backwoods wine and the shrooms i just think that everyone was having a feelings and having effects i again like i'm wondering if that even if if that even really happened what oh. the the preceding scene the the scene thereafter where they're chasing him through the woods i'm like is this and i know some of it has to be real but i'm also saying that there's so much going on it's just really hard to tell that's why but I have we, to watch like three episodes of it. <laughs> but we haven't had, correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't had um, anything be proven to be a hallucination yet. Because even in the episode where Lottie thought she saw the deer shedding its antlers and thought she saw Ty eating dirt, like those things really happened. Those were confirmed. Right. I think they've been very honest with the audience thus far in um, everything that's been portrayed has happened, at least my, my recollection. Right. right, right. You know, so I don't know. But what's interesting? So I've got I've got the scene queued up here because I like to to go through the episode while we're talking about it. When they storm in, so we've got Mari, we've got Shauna, we've got Lottie, Ty, and Van are also like angry, like coming into the room before they get distracted with each other um, there. But in the confrontation of Jackie, I mean, Lottie stepped up before. If you thought this was about Ty and Jackie for over who's queen bee, I mean. Lottie's tossing Jackie in the pantry and uh, grabbing Travis and it is on. Um, oh my God. Like talk about like teen boy fantasy to nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That happened really quick too. That, that zero just, to 100. Yeah. Zero to 100. That was wild. And what was it? There was, oh, it was one of the vampire movies. So, and I, I like this about, I like that the series is very mashup culture and like a yeah. love letter to Gen X, but there was a very similar scene to that. I want to say it was like interview with the vampire. It was, a, it was interview with the vampire. Yeah. Very similar scene uh, where yes. they're going at it with Travis and then like about to start eating Travis and we get the, the visions that he's having at the time. I mean, this was like 
terrifying to look at the Somebody way said Dracula. I think you it is Bram yeah. Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question is, I'm, so I'm trying to understand this. So we talked about the Wendigo, uh, theory that was early on in the series. So we're talking about the white stag theory. Lottie even refers to Travis as the stag. Like, what do you think winter is your interpretation of, okay, Travis doesn't belong to Jackie and then Lottie almost turning him into, or, or, or literally turning He's him into a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Yeah. He belongs to no one. He belongs to these woods, the streets, <laughs> but they're woods. The That's streets what he, are the woods. <laughs> the streets are the woods. He belongs to no one. There's not, it's not about the men per se. It's about yeah. the women's survival because the men have proven to be useless. I right. think the, you know, they are, they're incapacitated. The boys are too young. The coach has no leg. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, we got to do this. If we're going to survive, we've got to do this. And if anything, they're holding us back. They can't go anywhere because they can't carry the coach around for too yeah. long. You know, he's, he's dragging them down. And frankly, having two dudes there that aren't being useful or we are, or we can't really make use of them. We might need to just eat you. Because you're really <laughs> slowing us down. You know, there's this, it's just crazy to me because there's somewhere out in the wilderness in, in, in what is it? Is it Canada? Are yeah, they in the Ontario. Canadian wilderness? Ontario. And it's just insane to me. And I know it's for the purpose of the show, but 18 months to find them. They're doing a hell of a good job trying to be found, too. They're not not trying and making efforts. So it's almost like maybe there is a super a supernatural force that's trying to keep them in this space but the guys to me it just it just it i i i, I don't see their value and their purpose which is something that i think is on purpose is that part for us is on purpose mm -hmm. we're supposed to be like yeah. these guys aren't you know they're they're, they're just dudes and we can yep. easily do without them at, at any moment. And that's what I like about, maybe that's why they didn't pick someone that was a little bit more notable or hot to look at because they were like, you're going to forget about them so fast. You have no idea. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And it's being teased on multiple episodes that the guys are just pointless at this, at yeah. this particular time. Even Laura Lee stepping up to Coach Ben and saying, what are you going to do to stop me? You can just tell that these girls just see these guys as such, dis they're disposable to them. Well, disposable. In, in defense of Coach Ben, he did know how to prepare skin, dress a deer for consumption. Like, he had a little bit of wilderness hunting experience that he was able to, I mean, not complete, he's got completely in nothing. But yes, for the most part, Javi has his art. I don't know, you know, what, do we need that? Do we need carvings? No, no. no. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got Van recapping movies. I mean, do we need Javi, like, to... No. <laughs> No. <laughs> and frankly, they should be going out and doing all the shit that Van is doing, that Ty is doing. You yeah. know, they're they're literally not doing that. And that is yeah. just maybe we're sparing the world of two men <laughs> who would be the same, it would be the same situation in life once they become husbands. <laughs> they're you're yeah. literally you're sho shoveling the snow. And, and to get the car in and they're just like, I wish I knew how to do that. You're amazing, honey. No, we're, we're, the world is overpopulated. I feel like I need to go apologize to my wife and I'm not even sure what for. <laughs> uh, but uh, so um, 
we get the the takeoff. Uh, we get the scene that we saw in the original promo with their where they're chasing Travis through the woods. They're holding weapons. Like after he breaks out of the the being the feast, um, he's running. This moment with Shauna and Javi, where Javi is like, "Shauna, what's up?" and she like growls, run at him. It, for me, was the scariest part of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another again. Uh, like I'm listening to see if it's like a it's like a warped voice or if it's just like run versus yeah. like run. You know what I mean? Like, and it definitely sounded yeah. amplified by the spirit of the devil, the the yes. Wendigo. Somebody keeps saying yes. it's a Wendigo, and I'm like, I'm not. I don't know a lot about Wendigo legend, but I, maybe it's a Skinwalker. Yeah. Look, I was really resistant to that early on. The Wendigo theories, like even people saying like Dear Lady. Uh, I feel like this is a mashup, though. I feel like this is a yeah. mashup of just a lot of different things. And I don't know enough about um, indigenous culture, First Nations to that region of Canada. But I'd be very interested to research that to see if there's anything specific to those tribes um, that might come into play with Ontario. But I love that they're drawing from so many different influences. So while the hunt is going on, Ty and Van are just... They're, Having they're... the most romantic freaking scene we've seen so far. Yes, this was beautiful. beautiful. Absolutely yes. beautiful. Van removed her mask. Uh, I mean, like, this, this is just lovely. This is, like, one of the best relationships I've ever seen depicted on screen. It really is like they're like crushable and they're memeable and they speak to just a, 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 a it's not even a subgroup. They speak to relationships that, again, we just get straight up like made into. I, I can't even find the words for it because it's just such bullshit sometimes what we're presented with and these girls being so young embody like the future of the way I want to see same sex relationships represented on screen where we're not talking overtly about the othering of the pair that we're just talking about. They they're really in love. And the biggest issue between them right now is that one's missing half her face. And that's the central issue at this time. And that's what's so incredible about the way they're written, the way they're presented. And I was just really quick. I was Googling when wiki, Wikipediaing uh, Wendigo. And it's an Algonquin oh, uh, subgrouping, but it's also like native to Canada with the, the, huh. the, 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 what do you call those? Antlers, the, horns. Antlers, the antlers, it's native. So I, people keep saying Wendigo and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe the Wendigo is, is, is the situation. But yeah, back to Van and Ty, love them so, love them so. And then we learn also, is this around the same time, Glenn, that Ty is pulls up to the polling place and oh that was earlier yeah i mean so we saw briefly her marriage is falling apart um she's looks like a lock to win the election but then really ty and natalie don't have much to do in this episode actually even not even misty so much it's all about really getting uh roped into shauna and the aftermath yeah. of cleaning up uh adam's murder but we do have coach ben and uh natalie and coach ben i mean this is like the best kind of high where he's talking about, no, it's all about love. And if you and Travis can make this work, you can save us all and gives this beautiful speech that Natalie is ready to go take on the world and uh, reclaim the boy she has fallen for. Uh, but wouldn't you know it? Misty has overheard this 
and says, I, I, I heard your words. I couldn't agree more. And then Ben has to say, I don't love you. I love Paul. Uh, and then comes out in one of the most fantastic ways I've ever seen to the forest um, and announces to the world that he is gay. Uh, which I am sure this, there will be ripples and reverberations with him and Misty in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Do you think Winter that this went on too long with him and Misty, or is, or is this the like right point for this to fall apart? I mean, is it Misty hasn't gotten her her hooks in yet, and that's yeah. the, again the beauty of the show. I don't. I feel very nervous for him in the hands yeah. of Misty. I feel very nervous. She is, she's already uh, shown just sort of like the way she interacts with, you know, through her job, that the infirmed are sort of barriers to her freedom. And if they cross her, they will be, they'll, she can put them this close to death. So, you know, without that, you know, emotional romantic connection that she thought she was building, she is now just a caretaker. And that is means that he is not going to be able to thrive. If yeah. he doesn't fall in line with what she wants, he will not survive. And I can't imagine him feeling like he can stand for another second if he starts not liking it, that he has to do whatever Misty says. It's incredible to him that he has to bowed to Misty. That's just not something that she's right. going to, and because there's no attraction, because he's not thinking about her in the way that she thought he was for real, outside of the reasons why it's really not appropriate for him to be thinking about her that way at all, it's, it's. I don't see good things happening. Yeah, a couple of the things that I picked up from these things is I felt that Coach Ben gave, gave the complete opposite speech from what Jackie did earlier to get Travis. Oh, she completely yeah. took a crap on love and said how nothing matters. And you have Coach Ben doing the complete opposite thing on the woods. I thought it was a nice contrast between, you know, the two speeches. Also, one more thing, going back to the Ty and Van thing. When Van took off her mask, I couldn't help but to think she's going to survive. Her, her scar is healing beautifully. She doesn't look like she has an infection. It looks like she's doing quite well. So that's... That to me put me in a what is going to happen to Ben because I thought maybe you know she doesn't make it out of that you know injury. So I just thought I thought that was interesting and I loved um, Ben coming out. I thought that was such a wonderful scene. It was beautiful. Poor Misty though, how she didn't read the signs. I don't know. Just I feel bad for her, but she also doesn't have that. Misty doesn't read the signs because she doesn't have that. Like it doesn't click for her, right? Yeah. Like every situation she's presented so far. In the last, uh, I want to say, um, few episodes where she can position herself in, a, in in control, it requires sabotage, right? Like she's sabotaging something in order to get con- back control of that or sway of it. So I don't, I'm not, I, I have no illusions that more sabotage will occur. I and She sabotaged so many different op- ways for them to even get the hell out of there. Only yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I just, it's incredible that this character exists yeah. and is not dead yet. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's incredible that she's one of the survivors. It's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, Coach Ben, I don't know. I, uh, I wouldn't count on season two money for Coach Ben, no. uh, given no. the way things are going. No. Um, and Javi as well. Like, I'm worried about no. Javi. Yeah. 
think Travis might be the only guy left coming into season two. Well, yeah. he's Javi's definitely not Adam, so at least we know that much. Yeah, thank God that's over. So tired of that. Glad you so everybody wanted to speculate about that, and I'm like, there's a hundred other things we can speculate about. Yeah, but <laughs> let's get off of that narrative for once and for all. Thank goodness we put that to an end early. <laughs> But do you feel like we were talking about this last night, like the back tattoo, if they don't pay that off next episode into some explanation about Adam and why he had that elaborate mountain range and cryptic tattoo, I will feel like I maybe don't trust the show as much going forward um, on mm. like a freeze frame. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the creators, I mean, granted they did work on an alternate reality game based show before this, uh, for AMC, but I feel like as a freeze frame show, you know, if we're rapidly dissecting all of these things, like I don't want that to be for not like, I'll be a little less enthusiastic if, uh, the tattoo at least isn't explained. I'm still I think thinking there's more to Adam. I just don't, I just yeah. don't know that. I think they may, I don't know. I think in a good show where you're supposed to be taken by surprise and things not pay off the way you expect it, you have to throw a couple of characters in there to throw people off. I yeah. do think there's still a little bit more to Adam. Just not, he's not happy. I still, I still stand by the fanboy theory. I think he's just one of those weird, creepy fanboys of the yellow jackets because it's obvious that they're, you know, a cultural thing in New yeah. Jersey. So it Perhaps he hooked up with Misty and uh, asked for her socks after and then ghosted her, you know, we'll find out well, next week. I also week. think it's interesting. We don't know. Maybe because so much time has passed, but I bet you next season we really start getting into why, what the culture is like for around them. Like what the, similar yeah. to like, you know what I mean? Like similar to, yeah. to the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a true crime situation exactly i think we're going to get yeah. that scene where they get found and they have to do some kind of like a quick like showing of the press and and all over the news and how big of a deal this was because i mean this guy had a book there was a book written about it and it's 1996 where these kind of cases did take over the media everybody was covering those kind of things so i would love to see how big of a of a cultural thing that or you know icons they became once they were found well, yeah. the other thing I'm not clear on is, do people know they ate people? Or is it just suggested that they ate people? Because whatever is in Shauna's journals, or whatever she's protecting, there's another part of the story that's not out there. So yeah. whatever Jessica Roberts, that her name, whatever yeah. she's yeah. trying to dig up means that there's more to the story based on things that she may have heard. Yeah. So, so it's just really interesting to find, it's just going to be really interesting to sort of find out what it, beyond the supernatural elements, which nobody will freaking believe it will, it, what is, what else are they holding back? That is that they don't want out there. It can't be true crime. Gluten. Yeah, I was going to say, as a true crime fanatic, because I loved all things true crime, yeah, I would assume yeah. that maybe this become a speculation and because the girls won't talk, it became a bigger thing than what it should have been. Because think about it, how many bodies were found? How many survivors were found? Yeah. Where were the bodies or how were the bodies found? Technically speaking, good DNA work could tell you this person died of the plane crash or this person can tell you, you know, they can tell you they died months later. So what happened? Yeah. Why is their body not full there? So I feel like because of the evidence that gets found once they the girls are found and they come up with this line we all know it by heart that people start speculating about what really happened out there and that's why it became so big 
Yeah. Because obviously they know the number of girls who are on the plane and staff and whomever. Right. And, and we're, you know, I mean, if we're going to start eating people, what did they do with those bodies saying, how are they, are those bodies going to be found? Because Mm. people are going to be like, okay, there's 10 of you missing. Where are these bodies? Yeah. What did you do with them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that the people that were in the movie alive, the, the Chilean group, they came right out and said, we ate them. We ate them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were not messing around. I, I yeah, before I, uh, you know what? Question, I should have known. I should have known. I should have known I was going to be like into this kind of dark things when my mom was like talking about that movie when I was little and she was so like traumatized by it. And I freaking loved it. I'm like, this movie is so it. real. And she's I like, why do you like this movie? You're a little girl. And then I rented it and fast forwarded to the crash and then to the eating. Thank you. I'm like, I just want to get to the part. Like at this one point, the girl sitting there freezing and I'm like, I don't yeah. care. Eat each other. <laughs> I've never seen a live in its entirety. Oh, really? No, nobody has. I read, I read, read the, the book, book. and I saw it in theaters. The book, the craziest thing is that they've realized at the end, if they would have hiked like 10 miles or 20 miles in the other direction, they would have found a closed resort that had food. Yeah, but then you don't get to eat your friends. Come I know. On. I know. I mean, it's just, it's crazy though. <laughs> no, they did. They, they did. And they did. Uh, they talk about in the book, like they tried denying it for like a day and people like <laughs> figured it out. You know, um, like read the epilogue in the book. It's interesting talking about the Do whole they process. talk about what the human tasted like. Um, chicken. Everything tastes like chicken, girl. You know that's what we all say about everything. <laughs> chicken. Okay. No, I thought they said that the butt was good. It was the 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 trunks were always the best part of of human. Well, there you assume. go. Right. Yeah. That makes oh, sense. As a yeah. vegan, this would all be so, so weird for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So look, we got, we got the confirmation though, in terms of payoff. I mean, Lottie, Lottie's the high priestess. Lottie is the antler queen. She, that, she had that, Lottie had that. Well, I think Lottie's the OG antler queen. She had that headdress like at the ready to go yes. in this tonight. Um, Did you scream and- when she like, when they show the visual of her with that? Because I like literally audibly gas like yes of course yeah, I, did I did yes. too i loved it loved it i mean like iconic like that's i mean this was so great tonight seeing this and then uh ordering shauna saying you know what to do and shauna goes to slice his throat and it's only when natalie shows up uh natalie and jackie show up and stop her from doing that and grab the knife that like he's biting down on a pine cone like travis is not long for this world at this point and then travis is just like it's okay it's nothing and just sort of saunters off after kind of crazy i mean he just went through a lot like he was molested and then almost murdered and then he's like it's nothing but takes off running yeah that explains the lifelong issues that travis had everything is explained now just based on that scene i don't even know why he goes through after this but just based on how it started for him I can see why he was traumatized forever. Yeah. And we, and we talked about it earlier. I mean, this is the tribes. If they're warring tribes, I think we know what the future seasons hold now because we see that there's a very clear divide between yeah. Lottie, Shauna, Akila, and Mari. And then by default, we have the others. And then the, the red shirts will kind of uh, shake out in the middle. But um, I'm curious what's going to happen in Doom coming. The additional thing that they're setting up with this is then Shauna has called Ty and Natalie over to Adam's apartment, uh, says he's the blackmailer. Um, Natalie very pissed off that she killed him because Natalie thinks this is tied to Travis's bank account. So I guess that that's the thing. Like, even though we now know Adam, not Javi, 
uh, Jeff, the blackmailer. We do not know who murdered Travis and emptied his bank account. And I don't think we know who sent the postcards. So there's still some very big mysteries left to unpack in the season finale and beyond. Right, right. Um, but the big takeaway here is that we do get the coming together, the wheels in motion, because they need to get rid of a body. And who better to call than citizen detective number one, Misty Quigley. Um, Misty, who's getting her second makeover, apparently a makeover is the key to Misty's heart and bonding because Jessica Roberts. Or she's easily influenced, which is right. what I grab out of this. Yeah. Yes. And Misty is making it seem like she's ready to team up with Jessica and tell her story uh, that they have not called me for 25 years. Jessica got into her head and she's going to betray the team and uh, work with a ghostwriter. And then I don't know if she's lying or not here, but uh, she is interrupted by Natalie. Uh, what do you think of, of this? I think we talked about this earlier. So Winter, you just I mean, you think Jessica Roberts is straight up going to die like uh, Misty's just playing her. I mean, it's a federal crime what what misty has done kidnapping is a, is a federal crime so it's either you've already got like a tricky background so it wouldn't be it think about it it wouldn't be it would be the best narrative girl who survives out in the woods potentially eating people you know uh takes hostage you know and, and puts in her basement reporter tracking her down for several weeks months however long she's been down there and you know yeah, like Jessica's a good reporter and she's she's she's, you know, knows how to like manipulate her way into a story and out of it and out of the situation. Misty knows this. I feel yeah. like Misty is a master manipulator. Yeah. She's not going to fall for it. If anything, Jess will have an unfortunate accident, but she's not yeah. getting out of that. I, I, I just don't feel like she's getting out of that basement. I could be wrong, but not alive. Oh, I am so with you. I felt the manipulation for both ends here. Like yep. Misty was like faking what she would act like. And mm -hmm. I feel like Jessica is also manipulating Misty. Like they're just both going back and forward, literally bullshitting each other. Yeah. Also, I just want to thank Mike D in the chat oh, who have sent us two super chats, letting us know how much fun we have been and he's having awesome. watching us discuss the show. Thank you, Mike. Um, and then, but then we do have Misty who's forgiving Natalie, like, like apparently with Misty, if you just give a well-crafted apology, all is good. Um, and Natalie, it's interesting to see teenage Natalie wearing her heart on her sleeve so much once you get past the tough exterior. And then adult Natalie this season has been exceptionally manipulative of Kevin, her former sponsor of Misty. I mean, Winter, what do you make of this? Uh, do you think Nat, I mean, it's all for show or does Natalie have any genuine friendship feelings for Misty? No, I, I, I don't. I think that she, I think that they're bonded by their experience. I think that there is, the thing about Natalie is Natalie understands how to deal with wounded people because look how she definitely dealt with her mom. Yeah. When she came back, she only really had a goal to get what she needed to get, but she was already mindset was already set up to know what she was walking into, mm -hmm. you know, the resentment there. So Natalie's carrying a ton of resentments anyway. So it's like, you know, she knew that Misty had messed with her car. She knew that she had to ride with her and go to get to figure out what's going on with Travis. She knows that she's a means to an end, but because she didn't have that, now that Natalie has this relationship with the other girls again, and that they're uni united by this situation with the postcards, the blackmail, whatever, at this point, it's like, 
do we keep Misty involved or do we try to fucking cut her loose? But she's too much of a wild card. You can't get you, you can't just get rid of Misty that easily. It's not like going to be like a thing that's going to be able to go away. You can make her go away. She's she's already shown that she won't go quietly into that good night. Yeah. It's it's very interesting to see. And remember that going back to episode one and two, Natalie's original plan, based on thinking Misty sent the postcard, she did come back to New Jersey with the intention of killing Misty. Like yeah. that was her original goal. Um, so it's interesting. Can and we talk about the joy in Misty's face when Natalie says we need to get rid of a body? <laughs> it was the most happy I've seen her the entire season. <laughs> I cannot wait for all... Oh, I cannot wait for all of them to start like pointing the finger at each other about all the illegal shit that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. going to like like you have like uh I'm sure Thaisa, like is she probably ate her dog. Let's all be real, right? Oh yeah. Like we gotta talk about Thaisa eating her dog. You have Natalie over here manipulating everybody, even a police into like getting her records and her sponsor. Then and then Shauna's gonna be like, Well, I killed someone, and then Misty has to come clean and said, I have somebody kidnapped in my basement. And they're all gonna realize that they're all so screwed up. I cannot wait for that moment when they they're all look all at each other. So screwed yeah. up. And yes. that's what's so crazy is that it's another thing that you brought you said you brought up a really good point. They're also screwed up in broad daylight. Yeah. Like this is broad, like everything that they're, every little thing that they exhibit and that is weird and like creepy about them hasn't been flagged by anybody yet as right. anything right. other than just quirks. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, Misty is stealing prescription drugs. She is turning <laughs> off life support machines. <laughs> Tysa is out in the, doing in a fugue state, like traumatizing her child, eating dirt in the middle of the night, running out in the, into the streets in the middle of the night, acting like a crazy wild woman, Shauna murdering rabbits in the easiest thing <laughs> for her to do. And now a dude, I mean, Natalie on this bender, this, this, this cross country bender living out of this creepy motel room. Like there is so much weirdness, but this is under our nose every single day, folks. Yeah. This is like, yeah. this is like forensic file stuff. <laughs> they were such nice people and then you would never have guessed yeah so winter do you think in the season finale next week we get a tease of another adult survivor that will be joining the cast in season two yeah a hundred percent we need one i don't not not love the the central core group but to add to that dynamic it, and it has to be strong i know people yeah. have their favorites and they want like celebs but i i don't care about that it just has to be a strong addition <laughs> I love I this comment in the chat. I bet they made a pact. It's 1996. We all did. We that's, all did. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a good one, Vern. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. I so hope yeah, I... it's adult Ben or adult Jackie. That's what I would like to see at it for next season. I want an adult Jackie. Yeah, me too. I want an adult Jackie. I want an adult Jackie. That's what I want. I, I, I want to see her. I want to know what it is. What that is. I, I don't I'm wondering if she's still in the woods. Is she still in the mm, woods? Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. A couple episodes ago. I, I could see there's like a mi miniature like cult industry. Uh, you know, if the antler queen thing started and caught on, right. It's like, why not take people on retreats? I mean, start like a fringe religious group or something, uh, of survivalists. Oh, like a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it almost going kind of leftover season two with that a little bit, you know, and having like a subplot or something to do with that. Um, 
I think also winter, you made a really good point earlier. I think if this is going five seasons, I think we're also going to probably get a central supporting character that's in charge of the search efforts. Um, to see that perspective as well. And I think that's another opportunity for them to bring in a really strong actress or actor uh, to fill that role. Yeah, and I I think the adults... Oh, sorry. I think the adults still in the woods could be just as simple as this shit was going bad shit crazy and they took off and people thought they died trying to get out of the woods and they're still out there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, mean, if it's like a Nell situation for Jackie... (laughs) Or she's like, oh, oh, oh. like she talks to Win. <laughs> it's just like that would be great, right? Like that would be a callback. She's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I, I wrote. I wrote on my Reddit all that I swore I wasn't going to out myself on this, but somebody accused one of my theories of being shitty fan fiction. And I was like, I'll give you shitty fan fiction. Shauna had that baby, left that baby in the woods to die. It was raised by wolves, comes back, contacts her. Season two moves in with their family, bonds with Callie, bonds with Shauna, bonds with Jeff, and then decides that she can't be tied down by the shackles of society, goes back to the woods when they're on a camping trip and then turns around and murders Jeff, paying off what Shauna said in the first episode, that she got him pregnant, the baby was raised to be a killer, to murder him. Exactly. <laughs> How dare they say shitty fan fiction? Are you making that into a spec script? Because that's good. That's <laughs> Take my money, Glenn. Take my, Take my money. money, Glenn. And I elaborated the wolf will teach Callie how to be good at soccer. So Callie gets a, a, a scholarship. We'll help Jeff make better furniture. So the furniture store turns around. There's an entire spinoff series here. And it even teaches Jeff how to blackmail the right way. How to blackmail the right way. It's a whole montage. My whole thing is like, I want to know whose baby, I want to know what happens to the baby. That's like my only focus right now is the baby. Everything else I can sit tight for, but I need to know who, what happens to this baby because it is not her daughter, right? I have a bad feeling. I have a bad, I have a bad feeling. feeling too. It's not, it's not the daughter, right? It can't be. The, no, it can't the, be the daughter because it's the 25th year. Callie's still in high school. So it's definitely not the daughter. There's the mystery. There's the dude in the credits that looks kind of like Coach Ben. And then there's the woman on the hill in the so opening according credits. According to IMBD, this guy is credited as Stan. No, no last Stan, was, name. Stan was Misty's date in uh, episode two. Oh. So that's who they're okay. Never mind. Well, I am yeah. sometimes can be wrong as well. So. I know, yeah. but mysteries we got mysteries like so. Adam's dead. We're gonna move on. We're gonna have I've, new mysteries. I've already moved on. I moved on the second <laughs> after it happened. I was on and moved. And we did see okay, so we did see in the murder montage, uh, very shades of Gus Van Sant's psycho remake of uh, Sean having these flashes, including um, her burying something or uncovering something in the snow. And we did see a scene that they shot but didn't show us of them having sex where Shauna had tied Adam up uh, and were having sex. I think the rest of the shots were all things we've seen in other episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Shauna is, she, she is one and the same. It's not like Ty who has a split personality. Yeah. Right, like right. her her personal her personalities have completely like detached from one another, almost like the movie Doppelganger, where they're like split right. in half. But I think Shauna is one and the same, and that probably scares her more than anything is how she restrains herself 
from having the urge to kill. Like it was so effort. That's why I love the scene. It, it was yeah. so effortless for her to do that. That, and it's also so like okay, uh, it, from the perspective of her husband of Jeff. Yeah, you you did it. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I understand. It's like people have somehow made accommodations for these gals and they have chosen to stay in the recesses of society, living their lives, but just not trying to be anything more than they are, which is probably why it was so unsettling for Ty to decide to become a public figure. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, so Winter, I know you need to bounce. We're at your yeah. out. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, oh my thank God. You so much. This was so much so fun. Much. Oh you God. You both are so great. I'm so honored to be asked. And honestly, just call me back anytime. We've got yeah, the, let's do this after the season. Yeah, yeah. Let's just whenever, just let me know I'm around. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. You can follow winter online. She's at winter Mitchell. That's winter with a Y. Thanks for joining us winter. We'll bye you thank you so much. We'll talk soon. You. You're welcome. Bye bye. So Isa, before we wrap everything up, we've got some mail. We got, <gasps> oh my God. Okay, so check this out. Issa and I have been doing this other podcast. I've been doing it for years. Issa and I have been doing it for a year now. Uh, and... Actually, my one-year anniversary is this Oh, really? Month. That's yes. awesome. And what are we, what's the most we get from the other podcasts we do? We get DMs saying, like, I know who Brock Lesnar should face at WrestleMania. Like, yes. we don't get the best fan theories, but we got so and we got, like, over a dozen uh, just off our last episode. And I have to read this one because Sonia... Fallhaber said, it seems to me in the pilot episode, the nice things they said about each other at Mar at the uh, party were hints to the fate of the characters. Van's smile was gone. Laura Lee dies because of her faith. Thaisa's <sighs> stubbornness has been her downfall. And <gasps> oh my I'm God. just waiting. Here's how we know this is going to pay off. If Lottie is rocking a pilgrim hat at some point, because remember on acid, yeah. Natalie said to Lottie, yeah. I like your pilgrim hat. Like, holy shit. That is some long-term storytelling they did with the That's pilot. amazing. And that's an excellent touch by Sonia. That's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we've had some other emails. One that I think is interesting after tonight, Becca Stone uh, emailed in to say that Lottie could be both the antler queen and the pit girl. So kind of like what we were talking about earlier, that she could start yeah. as the antler queen, but Shauna could unseat her at some point. Yeah, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. I just think that Shauna, I don't know. I feel like she's always shown this like lights of being a little heartless and a little reckless. Like think about it from the, from the first episode we learned, she's screwing her best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So she just seems like someone that doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that she involves her feelings in a lot of things. So I can see her overtaking Lottie for sure. So here's the deal. If you have theories, if you have questions, if you have things you want to know, our email address is yellowjacketsbuzz at gmail.com. And I've been doing my best to at least respond to everyone. Um, can we also talk about our Apple podcast ratings? Because we have gotten a lot of really nice comments on there. Oh, my God. The reviews that you all are leaving are so nice. I mean, I know. <laughs> I guess we should maybe peel back the curtain and the backstory on this. I know we talked about it early on. Um, I discovered the first two episodes of the show for Thanksgiving. I said to Issa, you got to watch the show. And then I said to Issa, we got to do a podcast about this show. I am normally very methodical and like to plan things out far in advance. But in this case, it was like, we got to do this now. We got to. I know you this. were like, let's just do it on your channel. We're going to get started. And I'm like, okay. So at first I wasn't too sure. Then Thanksgiving weekend, I tried to watch the show. Remember? And my nephew watched the opening segment. It was like, nah, this ain't for me. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, Glenn, you're gonna have to wait until I'm done with family and I get back home and I watched it. And you were right. I was hooked as soon as I started watching it, like paying attention, watching it. It's so good, and it's become the high point of my week. I almost yeah. don't know how I'm gonna feel after next week's finale, and we have to wait like maybe a year for more episodes. But here's the good thing: I don't want to spoil it yet. But we got interviews lined up. Uh, we've got some people joining us for the review of the finale and a postseason uh, episode. We're gonna do about mysteries. I'm sure we'll have Winter back as well. But we got we got interviews with some some folks that. Uh, names you'll recognize faces you'll yes. recognize and i'm just putting it out there now i want to interview every single person we can that worked on this series i mean i'll talk to someone in craft services i want to know what they were serving for breakfast uh when they i want to talk to someone in the like whoever selected the music because yes I love the music the supervisor soundtrack. like every song seems to be so perfect for the scene so whoever picked the music would love to talk to them absolutely and this this show let me just say i mean Issa and I come from a world of covering professional wrestling where yes, sometimes we have talent that like follows us or interacts with us. But for the most part, like we can't get interviews with anyone. They don't want no. them talking to non-approved channels. I just have to say the people that are working on yellow jackets are like the kindest and most supportive mm -hmm. of the fan community that I've ever encountered. And I'm so thrilled to be a part of this community so thrilled to be in this podcast with you isa and really looking forward to what we have in the postseason because uh yeah this uh we're gonna keep this going and try and ride as much momentum as possible into season two yes also we should let everybody know that this week on youtube we're gonna figure out a day we'll tweet it that we're gonna break down the preview for the finale so we're gonna have a little midweek treat for you guys and there are some people that you're gonna see in the finale and you're gonna go oh they're safe and there's some people uh, in the preview you're going to see some people and go, oh, they're safe. And there's some people you're not going to see in the preview or the photos. You go, oh, maybe they're not safe. Ah, Who knows I can't happen. wait. I can't, I'm, I'm counting. I know I know this episode just came out today, and I'm already counting down the hours for the, for the finale. I am, but I'm not, because like you said, it's bittersweet. It's the last one we're going to get in a while. I think after like it's been out and people have watched it, we should do like a wash along or a rewatch or something. I don't know. We'll oh, figure yeah. it out. Hey, I'm contacting Lauren Moran, our wonderful guest last week, and I'm like, I need you to draw and animate. We're gonna do a pitch for Lil Yellow Jackets, where there yes. are ten year olds playing youth soccer, and Misty's got a magical bird named Anastasia that uh, follows the team along. You know, I think there's a series there. I think I think we yeah. could uh, get that pitched. You know, agreed. And I love agreed. Winter's idea with the PSAs at the end. You know, yes. <laughs> A lot of knowing is half the battle moments. Uh, this has been fun tonight. Thank you, everyone, for spending time with us today. I know the recording of this in two parts was a little different. But, uh, hey, uh, everybody, we'll catch you back here next time on Yellow Jackets Buzz. Until then, take care.